God, today we just acknowledge that, that we need you, God, more than ever. God, we know that you have a plan for every single one of us. God, you have a plan for our day, you have a plan for our week, and you have a plan for our life. And God, I just pray today, even in this, the rest of this service, God, that, uh, that you would be here and you'd show yourself strong and that you would do a work in our life that only you could do. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. I'm going to start off by reading a story in John chapter 6, verse 16 through 21. It says this, That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got in the boat and they headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, Don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination. A few nights ago, I was at home. It was about 10.45, 11 o'clock at night. Everybody was in bed, and, uh, and I was watching TV when I got hit with this, like, really, really serious temptation. Can I be vulnerable with you guys real quick? I was tempted. I was tempted. I was the only one awake. I was tempted by what I seen on TV. And uh, I didn't think I was going to go there, but I got to go there. So I'm watching TV, and I see, this, I, I see this, this commercial of this double chocolate chip brownie. And, and it caught my attention like no other. There was something inside of me that was, was inwardly driving me to the store before it closed to go and grab, gra go grab this box. And so I, 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 like, like most of us, I gave in to the temptation. Um, I get in the car, and, and I leave. Um, I finally make it to the grocery store, and I get to the brownie bakery section area, and, like, there's boxes all over the place, like double chocolate chip brownies, uh, Reese's peanut butter cup brownies, brownies that aren't even brown. Like, there's all these different brownies that were there, <clears throat> and I was in heaven. And so I get this box. I'm so excited by what I see on the box. I'm so excited about what my future looks like. And, and, I, and, I, and I get the box. I nearly forget to pay for it. I go back in the store. I pay for it, and I leave. I get home. I open up the box. I start stirring up the, the batter. I, I, I break the two eggs with one hand. I wish I could do that. I can't. And I, and I start stirring. I'm stirring. I get the cup of water. I throw it in there. And then I go in the, in the, in the pantry, and I look for for the oil, but I, I realized I, I forgot to buy the oil. I, I, I was so excited about what I seen on that box that I left the store without the most important ingredient. My night was ruined. My night was ruined. I couldn't go back. It was closed. It, it was ruined. And, and this is what we see take place in this story in John chapter 6. The disciples are heading somewhere. They got to go. They got to go. They got to go. They're trying to get somewhere, but they forget to bring the most important ingredient. They leave. Y'all really excited, and you don't even know where I'm going. They leave, the, they leave the shore without Jesus. They know where they're going. They have an idea of where they're going. They're, they they got to they go, but they forget the most important ingredient. You know, for a lot of us, 2020 looks like this. Like, not literally, unless y'all really like brownies, but, but 
it's you're excited. It's 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 big goals, big plans. Uh, it, it's 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 a bigger career. It's 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 new goals in the in the gym, and and we're so excited about where 2020, uh, where we're going, the potential of next year. Like no one wakes up January 1st unless you partied like extra hard the night before. No one wakes up thinking like, man, this year's gonna suck. You are going in with big expectations and. And, and like that day when I was at the grocery store, I, I wish my wife would have called me. Promise she didn't even know I left, but I wish she would have called me and reminded me, Andrew, don't forget the oil. Before we leave the shore of 2019 into 220, I want to, I just want to give you a friendly reminder today. Don't forget the main ingredient because we we can get really distracted about where we're going but if you don't take God on the boat with you when you get there it will not be what you expected the main ingredient is God and today I want to talk to you about knowing God I want to talk to you about like really knowing God and I know what some of you are thinking because I thought the same thing when this question popped into my head Andrew, you already know God. Like, you already know God. And it was in that moment that God began to really show me that there's a difference in knowing someone and knowing about someone. There's a really, really big difference. And I'm not saying that you just know a lot about God and that you don't know God, but just in case you were like me, someone that knew a lot about God, Today, I want to give some, some traits or some characteristics that your life would possess if you really, really knew God. Because knowing God is going to bring some positive change to your life. Knowing God is a game changer. We say it like this all the time. When I know God, I'm no longer a victim to my circumstance. What does that mean? That means that if, if I'm out on the lake and there's some crazy winds and, and waves, knowing God are like my paddles that enable me to even move forward when life is saying you're not supposed to. I'm not a victim to what's going on around me. I know it's raining today, but my God is my umbrella that protects me. And when you know God, you're given an advantage. And, 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 and we need to have that in our life if we're ever going to succeed. So how do, we, how do we understand or how do we see in our own life if we know God or we just know a lot about him? Before we, we break down three of those traits that you would carry if you knew God, I think we first need to establish that God cares to know you. God cares to know you. Because it would be really silly to pursue someone that didn't even want to know you. Even though we've all been there. Come on now. You've been trying, and you know she don't like you, but, but you're still trying. But the good news is that God does like you. And I think this can help us in our pursuit to want to know him. You see, for God to want to know you or to even have the opportunity to know you, it, it was going to cost them a pretty significant price. Like, I, don't, I, I know you may not see yourself as, as crazy valuable, but you were a very expensive price for God to ever have the chance to get to know you. God had to do some really, really crazy things to ever have the chance to meet you. Have you ever done something crazy to get to know someone? Like, do you remember the things that you used to do before you got the girl or before you got 
the guy, girls, like the shoes that you would wear, they'd kill your feet, but you knew they, that he loved them, and you were trying to get the guy. You'd, you'd, you'd spend hours doing, doing makeup and doing all these things, making yourself look so pretty, and then you got the guy, and, and you look at the Blair Witch Project Part 3. But, but that's just how it goes. That, that's just how it goes. I mean, I, when, when, we, when, I first, when I first seen my wife, I, I remember I, I, did some, I did something a little crazy. Not too crazy, but, but I, I had to go out of my way to make it possible to, to get to know her. You see, I didn't ever talk to her. Um, and, and no joke, when I found out who her daddy was, I'm like, I got no chance to ever talk. He's the pastor of Celebration Church. I've, I've, I'm fresh out of somewhere, and I'm here at this camp. I'm not going to ever have a chance to talk to her. But there was this one guy that I met in the church, and he was selling cell phones. You'd be surprised at who you're sitting next to. Check, you better keep your purse next to you really close and tight. And so he was selling phones, and, and, and I'm going through the phones that he has, and I'm looking at the different phones, and I see this one phone, I start going through it, and I see that there's still contacts inside of it. When you're dealing with people like this, you don't ask them where they got the phones from. And, and so I'm going to the phones, and I'm, and I'm scrolling down. I see a name in the phone, Sharissa Hand. Sharissa Hand. That's Pastor Randy's daughter. And I'm like, that's the girl from camp. Like, I need this phone. Dude, I'll pay for this one. How much is it going to cost? I'll pay whatever. Give me the phone. So I get the phone. Now I'm thinking, okay, I got to figure out how I'm going to start this conversation. I really want to get to know her. What am I going to do? And so I thought to myself, today you're supposed to go to some event, and there's a Sharissa that's supposed to be hosting that event. Just text Sharissa hand, pretending you're trying to get a hold of the other Sharissa, and, and just pretend that you meant to text her, but it's accidentally her. Put out the bait and see if the little fishy will bite. Well, <laughs> little fishy was really hungry that day, and she bit the bait. We talked. We got married. We have three kids. I mean, it pays to buy phones off the black market is what I'm trying to say. Okay, but we do crazy things to get to know someone. Can, can I just back to God? God didn't just buy someone's phone and hope your number was in it to text you one day in hopes that you would bite the bait and want to get to know him. It cost him his most prized possession. He had to send his only son to this earth to take the beating of a lifetime. Can I tell you this? When Jesus was on that cross at any given moment, Jesus could have called for help and help would have shown up. I don't know if you've ever been bullied by someone and they're saying, well, prove it, prove it, prove it. In that moment, you want to prove yourself. These soldiers were mocking Jesus as he was on a cross saying, if God is really your father, where is your daddy to save you? As a daddy, those are fighting words if you would ever mess with my kids like that. But God wanted to know you so bad, he had to forsake his only son for a moment just to simply get to know you. That is a really tough pill to swallow. But that's what God did to get to know you. But I know what you're thinking. Man, I make, I make some big mistakes in my life. My, cre my, my Christian credit score is really, really bad. I don't think God wants to get to know me. No, the price that he paid was bigger. The price that he paid was bigger than your past. The price that he paid is bigger than your thoughts. The price that he paid is bigger than what you feel right now. God cares to know you Period. 
period. But I'm, no, period. It cost him Jesus. That's how much he wanted to get to know you. So how in return do we get this opportunity to get to know God? Andrew, how do I know if I know God or if I just know a lot about God? When you know someone, know someone, you begin to reflect them. Your life begins to reflect them. Jesus would make this statement every now and then to people. He'd say this, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. If you've seen me, you know what my father looks like because he and I are so connected that when you get me, you get him. Your life is going to resemble certain things if you really, really know, know God. I got a buddy here. He's in the internship program at the church. His name is Sterling. And Sterling is a really, he's a unique individual in a, in a great way. I love Sterling. Some of the things that he says, though, I don't understand. He makes these phrases up, and, and they're so random. I won't even dare to say them on stage. They just don't make sense. And he has these mannerisms that he does all the time. And I don't get it, but he just does them. But what's so funny is, is weeks into the internship, other interns that spent a lot of time with Sterling would start to say the crazy things that he would say. I'm like, dude, you're white. He's black. He can say that. You can't. But... But it didn't matter because their relationship began to produce something on the inside of them. They were reflecting him. So when I walk into the lobby and I hear people talking, when I hear that phrase, I'm like, that's Sterling's friend. Or when I see someone making that mannerism, I'm like, they must really know Sterling. You see, if you really, really know God, you're going to begin to portray things whether or not they're your personality or not. Because me saying sheesh all the time is not my personality. But it's his. And when I'm around him, I reflect it. One of the great ways to, 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 to see in your own life an indicator that you know God is, number one, you value people. You value people. If, and not just valuing people that can do something for you. Not just valuing the people that got the money to make your future come true. I'm talking about valuing people that cannot do a thing for you. I'm talking about value. Like, like when you leave your hotel room and those people are going in to clean it, how do you value that woman that is going to go clean up your dirty sheets that you left behind? How do you value her? How do you value the waitress at the restaurant that is serving your food? I know that she forgot to bring your ranch and your barbecue sauce, but she has her own thing she's going through in life as well. How do you treat her? Because when you know God, you treat people well. If you're a rude person, I'm just going to say, like, you may know about God, but you don't know God. Because it's really, really difficult to know him and be really rude to everybody. I'm not saying we don't have our moments. I yell at people, too. This one time, one of our staff members was riding my tail on purpose to see if I would respond. No joke, I responded. I lowered the window. He lowered his and started laughing. It's like, I got you. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I try to fight people in the parking lot. But listen, <laughs> but listen, in those moments, I wasn't, I wasn't, no, I didn't know God in those moments. So, but what I'm saying, when you really know God, you begin to, you begin to reflect God. 
and you value people. You value, you value your coworkers. I know they drive you crazy, but they're a person to you, not just someone occupying a space in a system that means nothing. They're a big deal to God, and they should be a big deal to us as well. We value people. Number two, when we really know God, we're people of confidence. We're people of confidence, specifically confident in areas that you don't have control over. Because it's really, it's, it's really easy to be confident in an area that you know how to handle. But when life throws you a curveball and you weren't expecting this, how confident are you in the middle of that storm? Because people that know God tend to find confidence in scenarios that they don't have control over. Before I got married to my wife, my initiation was you need to go on, our, on this annual trip that we go on. And um, it was an initiation. It kind of felt like one to me. But um, it's, it's, I'll just say it's kind of like a camping trip where the, where the men go out into the woods with guns and go on a nature walk, taking pictures of big deers. Uh, I don't, I just, again, I do, we don't hunt animals. Okay, maybe we do. Um, but if you, like, really love deers, you, never mind. Anyways, so we go out to the woods. We go out into the woods. We go, no, I was talking to someone because they said, hey, what'd you do? I said, I was out there hunting. I got, showed them a picture of a deer and they lost it. I'm like, bro, you're going to go eat a hamburger after this. What are, you, what are you getting mad at me for? At least I get my own meat. Anyways, so, so, <laughs> so we, we get out there to the woods and, and, and I'm out there and, and, and Pastor Randy, I don't really know Pastor Randy that well yet. Remember, I'm still afraid of him, like still scared. Like that is Pastor Randy. So I'm trying to make sure I'm like, I'm good. So he sends me out into the woods with his youngest son, Drew. Me and Drew go out in the woods, and, and before he leaves, he says, hey, boys, I, I want you to meet me at this tree at dark. When it gets dark, come to this tree. I will pick you up right there. So we leave, and it's getting dark, and we go to the tree that he asked us to wait at. So we're waiting there, and, and it's, it's now it's like pitch black. And I'm scared. I'm not, I, I, the woods, it's foreign to me. This is where people get eaten by bears. And, and I, I, I never thought I'd be in this scenario, but I'm, I'm, I'm at this tree. We have no cell service. I'm like, Drew, let's just walk back to camp. I don't want to be out here anymore. I'm nearly crying. He's like, stop, my dad's coming. I'm like, Drew, it's been 30 seconds past dark. He's still not, he's like, just shut up, man. He's coming. And then and, and 30 seconds goes to 10 minutes, to 20 minutes, to 30 minutes. It's like an hour past dark. It's starting to sprinkle. You can hear things moving. It's scary. And I'm ready to bounce and take off running while Drew is standing there unshaken and unmoved. You see, the difference between my relationship with Pastor Randy and Drew's relationship with Pastor Randy is that Drew knew his dad. I just knew about his dad. And because I didn't know him, I didn't have the confidence that Drew had because Drew knew I don't have control over this, but my dad is going to pick us up. And, and, and that's the kind of confidence that you can walk in in your life when you know God. It's crazy. I don't know where it comes from, but it's possible. There are seasons in my life where I know God, and then there are seasons in my life where I just know about God. And, and the, the, the crazy thing is, is that in specific seasons where everything was perfect, like no problems at all, everything is so dandy, it's beautiful, nothing wrong, 
In those seasons, if I don't know God, I still find myself in a place of distress. I can stub my toe and have a panic attack in that moment. But then there's been other seasons in my life that on paper were horrible. I'll never forget looking at a doctor over my baby's induced coma body sitting there telling me that her heart's going to collapse. And watching them bring in a machine, putting it next to her, saying everything about her body. It's a mess right now. This is what we're expecting. But in that season, guess what? I knew God. And even while he was talking to me, as crazy as this sounds, I was standing there smiling, thinking about frozen yogurt. I don't know where the confidence came from. But what I'm saying is when you know God, there's a confidence that will come to you that wouldn't come any other way. If you're confident when you don't have control, that's a good indicator you know God. When doo-doo hits the fan and you start panicking and you don't know how it's going to happen and you look like everybody else out there, there's a good, good indicator you may, you may know about him, but, but you don't know him, know him. You have confidence. The third thing, the last thing, an indicator that I believe uh, that we can use to gauge is that when you, when you know God, you find fulfillment. You find fulfillment, a sense of, of peace. And it's not a peace that, that takes place because everything is perfect. It's a peace that takes place because I found him. It's a peace that takes place because I know him. So many people spend their life searching for this specific peace. So many people spend searching, looking for the sense of fulfillment. It cannot come from anything in anyone. That fulfillment was designated by God and God alone. That's only a space that knowing God will occupy and work. And I know in my life, even prior to having a relationship with God and knowing God, what most of us do is we try to keep ourselves really, really, really busy so we never have to deal with what we're experiencing on the inside. Most of us look for different things to do, good or, or bad, to, to take the attention away from the real us. But if the real you is ever going to experience true fulfillment, it will require knowing God. It will require not knowing about him, but knowing him personally. It's a fulfillment that can change everything about your life. It's a fulfillment that could provide a smile even when everybody around you is crying. It's a fulfillment that comes to those that truly know God. So how do we take the steps to really get to know him? How do we take the steps to get to know God, it's, it's, it's really, really simple. You see, to know about someone, it just really requires a lot of information. But to know someone personally, it requires conversation, not information. Information is good, but if there is no conversation, I'll never get to know them. There's three things that I want to leave with you today that connect to a conversation with God that I believe if you can implement in your life consistently, a year from now, you will feel closer to God than you have ever felt in your life. There will be an awareness that he brings to the table that gives you confidence, that enables you to love the people around you, and that brings fulfillment to your life. 
the very first thing you can do is you can do this. You can begin to read your Bible. Your Bible. The B word. Your Bible. Your Bible, it's simply God's words to you. It paints a picture of God to you. Before I knew anything about God, before I knew what God was, what, what, what God liked, what God enjoyed, what God was for, what God can do, I, I had to go to the book to find out this kind of God, who, who he was. I would read stories about a God that would, that would select people to do great things that everybody overlooked. I read that story, I'm like, well, I got a chance. I got, God, God likes people like me. God just looking for my heart. He don't care what I look like, and I get to know him. You know, today, for most of us, before we really get to know someone, what do we do? We go to their social media accounts. You go to their Instagram, and you begin to look at these pictures. You find out what he likes. You find out what he doesn't like. You, like, you find out what his favorite football team is. You know, the, the Bible is nothing more but God's Instagram. It's a picture of what he does on Monday. It's a picture of what he does on Tuesday. It's a picture how he can heal. It's a picture how he can restore. It's a picture of how much he loves you. He, in the Bible is going to help you get to know him better. We have a Bible reading plan that we do here at this church. I know come January, where it's going to be up for the month. And every day as a church, we read one chapter a day. Not to just get more points with God, but to get to know him better. And as you begin to read, all of a sudden, things are going to come alive in you. I'm telling you, I don't know how it works. It's more than just words on a page, but it's a picture of who God is. Not only can you read your Bible consistently, but we can pray consistently. What, what's, what's prayer? Prayer is nothing more but a conversation with God. Ladies, you should not have trouble with this one. Y'all can talk. <clears throat> but the awesome thing is that God will listen to your crazy stories. He'll listen. He'll smile. He the Bible makes it clear when you talk to God, he will hear your prayers. He will listen to you. And, and I want to encourage us this year. Let's not make it so crazy out there. Just go have a conversation with God. But give him your undivided attention. Because there's a difference between giving my wife my attention or giving her my undivided attention. There's times where she's trying to talk to me while I'm playing a game on my phone. And there's a little bit of conversation going on, but I'm not there. But then there's moments when that phone hits the floor and she has all my attention. Can I tell you, when you do that with God, you would be surprised at what will come out of your moments of prayer. When, when, you, when you come to God and you have no other agenda besides him, you would be really, really surprised at what will take place. You, there has been times where I have gone in the room for 15 minutes. I leave my phone outside. I go in the room, and I say, God, I'm just here to tell you you're good today. God, I love you today. And, and I'm not kidding. The first three, four minutes, I don't feel nothing. But about minute seven, minute eight, I start getting a heart for people again. I'm like, I want to go to the grocery store and tell everybody how much God loves them. I'm I don't know how it works. But when you're close to him, you'll reflect him. Give God your undivided attention this year and watch your life change forever. 
Lastly, number three, number three is this. Be aware of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The whole, you may be saying, what's the Holy Spirit? What, what, is, what is that? It sounds like a scary movie. No, before Jesus left to heaven, everyone was like, no, Jesus, don't leave. Jesus is like, no, I got to go. Because when I leave, it will give permission for the Holy Spirit to come to earth and be with everybody all at the same time. You see, Jesus was one man that could be with you and you together at this time. But the Holy Spirit has the ability to be with you, 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 you. He can be with the Holy Spirit as God with you in the earth. God the Father is on the throne. Jesus is at the right hand. Holy Spirit is right here with you. And the Holy Spirit is here to bring help to you. The Bible says he's the helper. He will lead you into all truth. Why reading your Bible is important is because the Holy Spirit, three hours after you read your chapter, you'll be at the grocery store ready to cuss someone out, and the Holy Spirit will remind you right here, hey, Zip it. Remember today in chapter reading? Love the people that hate you. And the Holy Spirit does this. He'll do life with you. He'll remind you. There's times where I'm like, I was praying and nothing came out of it. Like three days later, this thought will come. You know where it came from? The helper, the Holy Spirit. Andrew, go talk to that person. Andrew, go do this. Andrew, go do that. There's times I'm just minding my own business through life, and the Holy Spirit was leading me, and I didn't even know it. He's God with you in the earth. He's that still, small voice. And if you would ever have an ear to hear that voice and the boldness to do what he says, I'm telling you, your 2020 can change in a matter of moments. I know you show up to Celebration Church, and, and I was even reminded before this service started, I was talking to Pastor Cherie about the Holy Spirit, and he's our helper, and I'm like, man, like for him being our helper, I don't ask him for a lot of help. And she's like, well, that's how this church got started. You know, Celebration didn't just show up because it was just, just has always been here. Our pastor was in Oklahoma praying by the help of the Holy Spirit around a baseball diamond. And the Holy Spirit, his helper on the inside, still small voice, goes start a church in the northwest side of Fresno. Let me tell you, when you start talking to the Holy Spirit, you ever, he'll start talking to you in full sentences. It, it just, it'll change. And Celebration Church is here because the helper got involved and now our lives are changed because we're better because of this place. He's God with you in the earth, that still small voice. We know about God or do we know him I want to be a person that knows God in 2020 it's full of destinations but the true destination is not found in a location the true destination is found in knowing him if you can do anything right next year know him in John chapter 6, verse 21, I want to end with this, this, this verse, and we already read it once, but it's really interesting because the disciples, remember, they leave, they're trying to get to this place. Some would say this place is eight miles 
in length to get from one side to the other. Well, we read the story that they're about three to four miles out into the water. Remember, it's really rough. It's really crazy. They're out there in the middle of this body of water. They're panicking because Jesus isn't on the boat. In verse 21, it says that they see him coming, and this is what it says, verse 21. Remember, they're out in the middle. They're out in the middle, but this is what happens. Then they were eager to let him in the boat to know him, and immediately they arrived at their destination. Could it be that the destination is, is him? Could it be that the answer of what we're really trying to get to is not a place, but it's getting him back on our boat? Because they were out in the middle trying to get somewhere, but they got somewhere the moment they got him. And I just want you to know that there's nothing out there that will fulfill you. There is nothing out there that will produce what you're looking for. There is a main ingredient, and without it, you will not have what you were hoping for. That main ingredient is and will always be Jesus. Let's pray real quick. God, today, we just thank you first and foremost for choosing us for having a desire to know us. And God, even as we get ready to step into an incredible year, we want you to know, God, that we need you on our boat. We need you, God, every single day. God, we want to do life with you like never before. God, we count it an honor and a privilege to be loved by you you with every head bowed and eye closed in this place I want to give people an opportunity who don't know God you're like man I don't even I, I can flat out say I have zero relationship with God never have never will but maybe there's something today that's leading you the Holy Spirit leading you to say hey man I'm trying to help you right now trying to help you into a decision that will change the course of your life. The Bible obviously made it clear that God wants us wants to have a relationship with us and he made that possible by sending Jesus to die on a cross. The opportunity is there and all we have to do is say God, I want this relationship. I'm going to ask us to pray this prayer together. And for those that that um are ready to make that decision, I'm going to ask you just to take a, a step. I want you to mean business and solidify this. This isn't necessary for you to go to heaven, but just to make a statement to yourself and your future. If you want to make a decision to follow Christ from this day forward, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand in the air and say, I'm ready to know God like I've never known him before. One, two, three. Raise your hand if that's you. I see those hands. I see those hands. More importantly, God sees those hands. God sees these hands. God sees those. God sees those hands. This is a day that everything changes. I'm going to ask you to pray this with all your heart. And for those of you that already know God, I, in support of those praying, I'm going to ask you to pray this with them as well. Say this. Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I want to know you. I believe that you lived for me. 
and I believe that you died for me. And I believe that God raised you from the dead for me. Today, I call you my Savior, and I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.